So today, if you haven't noticed, we're talking about baptism, we're talking about water, we're talking about the grace of God that is given to us, the initiation of God's relationship with us. Um, But before I kind of get into all that, I wanted to tell you a story. There was uh, one time in college when I was... um, fairly sick. I was kind of, well, I was getting over some sickness, and I had missed a couple of days of class, and I was, I was really wanting to get back to class. I don't know if it was the flu or what, but uh, I, I got up uh, in the morning, and I had taken my medicine, and I hadn't eaten much, and, and I, I went to class, and I was, I was sitting down in my chair in class, and uh, the room started to go a little fuzzy, and uh, next thing I know, I wake up and I'm on my back and I'm on the floor uh, and my entire class is like staring at me from above and I had no clue where I was or what I was doing or why I was there or why all these strange people were in my dream and were interrupting my uh, pleasant sleep. Um, I had completely passed out and uh, had fallen over and the desk had fallen over with me and I bumped my elbow on something and it was just a completely disorienting experience. Completely disorienting experience. And it took me a while to regain my settings and to realize what had happened and to realize, oh, oh, I'm in class right now. Uh, I, my name's Adam, Right? you know, those kinds of things. And once I regained, then I was, once I regained my orientation and was able to kind of recollect myself, I was then able to go to the nurse's office and take care of it and uh, kind of eat something and get back to bed and all those kinds of good things. Baptism is an orienting practice for a world that is dis oriented for our lives when we are disoriented. And so it is good from time to time to take time and remember our baptisms, to remember who we are and whose we are, to reorient our lives and refocus and recenter on Christ. And especially at the beginning of the year, it's a good time to do that. Last week, if you weren't here, we, uh, we did a Wesley Covenant service. And we spent time refocusing and recentering our lives on Christ and recommitting and re realizing God's insane love for us that never gives up on us. And one of the statements we made last week was, I am no longer my own, but thine. That's one of the central phrases of the Wesley Covenant prayer. When we remember who we are, I'm no longer my own but thine and whose we are. Baptism is a reorienting experience. And so this story of Jesus' baptism shows up in all four Gospels. Well, actually, mainly in the three, uh, Matthew, Mark, and Luke, and John kind of alludes to it. But um, in, in this story, there's a couple of things happening. It's recognizing who Jesus is and whose Jesus is. 
So let's recap. It starts out by saying, Jesus is going to the Jordan to be baptized by John. And Jesus shows up, and John tries to prevent him. John says, uh, who, who, you're supposed to be the one baptizing. I, I am not worthy to baptize you. You know, I, you're the Messiah. You're the Christ. I need to be baptized by you, and do you come to me? And then Jesus asks for permission. He, he says, let it be so, for, so that it will fulfill all righteousness, is what he says. And what he's really saying is, Grant me permission to do this because it's going to show who I am and whose I am. And so John gives him permission. Now that, that word there in Greek, let it be so, really is the word for permit. Jesus is asking, is humbling himself and saying, John, please do this. And it's taking the form of the servant, which becomes kind of the model of Jesus' ministry. And in fact, this this baptism story, this baptismal story, serves as the order and image of who Jesus is. And in fact, also serves for the order and image for who we are. See, what, what is happening in this story is that Jesus is foretelling, or almost foreshadowing, or I should say, the author of Matthew is foreshadowing Jesus' death and resurrection, his life and ministry, where he is emptying himself, giving of himself, so that others can experience God's love, so that others might be reconciled to God. And then in the midst of that, Jesus is baptized and and comes up out of the water, and the heavens are ripped open, And God pours out the Holy Spirit and it descends on Jesus like a dove. And a voice from heaven says, This is my Son, my Beloved, with whom I'm well pleased. This story encapsulates who Jesus is and whose Jesus is. And in fact, it's one of the only stories, it is the only story in the Bible, where all three members of the Trinity are physically present in some form or fashion with Jesus, the Son, the Holy Spirit as the dove, and the voice of God the Father, Creator. This is Christ's self-revelation at the outset of his ministry. And it wasn't necessarily for his own sake. You know, we normally say that baptism is a, is a way of uh, being saved, being justified, of being made right in God's eyes, of being accepted into um, God's family. We already know that Jesus is all those things. So it wasn't that Jesus needed baptism, but more that baptism needed Jesus. And that the people needed Jesus' baptism to recognize who he was and whose he was. And so that we can then find ourselves and our identities in the waters of baptism along with Christ. So that we can remember who we are and whose we are. Because if there is one thing in this life that is most crucial to find out, it's your identity. 
It's realizing and recognizing who you are in Christ. Because if you can do that, that changes everything. How many of y'all remember the Lion King? Yeah, yeah, Lion King, Lion King fans out there. Anybody not seen the Lion King? Okay, good. <laughs> I was going to say, if there's anybody that hasn't seen Lion King at this point, you need to just leave right now and go find it on Netflix or something. The story of the Lion King is the story of this little bear, uh, bear cub, this little, <laughs> I have seen the movie, I promise. This little lion, cl- little lion cub named what? What was his name again? Simba. Um, Simba is having a great time, and he gets into some mischief, and he's making friends, and um, he figures out that one day he's going to be king, but he doesn't exactly know what that means, uh, hasn't quite figured that part out yet, and then he goes through a very disorienting experience, right? He's at the bottom of that... Uh, uh, gorge or whatever that thing is and the stampede of the wildebeests comes along and his father tries to save him and is not able to survive his father empties himself gives of himself in order to save Simba but in the midst of that Simba loses his father whom he loves dearly and has to run away. And in the process of that completely disorienting experience is never really able, at least until later in the movie, to regain a sense of himself. He kind of forgets who he is or chooses not to remember who he really is. And lives apart from his home, apart from his destiny, apart from his true identity. Until one day, he finally recognizes himself again. I'm going to play a clip from the movie right here. You know my father? Correction, I know your father. I hate to tell you this, but he died a long time ago. Nope! Wrong again! (laughs) He's alive! And I'll show him to you. You follow old Rafiki. He knows the way. Come on!
That's not my father. It's just my reflection. No! Look hard. You see? He lives in you. made this connection before that uh, the Lion King, this, this scene was basically Jesus' baptism. I'd, I'd never uh, made that connection before. No. Uh, man, there's, there's so much in there, really. Um, in that moment when he's staring at the water, at, at the waters, he remembers who he is. And, and Rafiki says, look harder. See, he lives inside of you. And he begins to remember his true self. He begins to let go of this false identity of what what he had become. In the same way, we at the waters of baptism remember and see who we really are, our true selves. That Christ is in us. So we must remember who we are. And just as in the scripture and and in the, the clip, we remember whose we are. We are beloved children of God. And there is nothing that can separate us from that love. Why is this important? Because the world needs Christians who understand who they are. The world needs Christians who understand their true identity. See, in this life, we put on so many things over our identity. We, we wrap up our true self in layers of false self. And what the world sees is a caricature of who we're trying to project instead of our true selves in Christ. And what we need 
is for God to strip away those layers that we have placed over our true identities. Whatever it may be, I don't know what it might be for you, whether it's material possessions or broken relationships or hurts that you can't let go of. What I, it's things that we need to let go of. We need God's grace to strip away that veneer so that others might see our true reflection. So that others might see the Christ in us. We say during communion, we ask during communion that God would pour out God's Holy Spirit on us gathered here. Why? So that we may be the body and blood of Jesus Christ for this world. Because as Christians, we are called to be little Christs, little representations of Christs. We can only do that if we are willing to let God love us back to our true selves, to let go of our false selves so that others might see the true identity. We need to reorient. We need to recenter. We need to let go of disorientation and find ourselves again in the waters of baptism. Not just so that we rediscover our true identity in Christ and in God's love as beloved children of God, but so that the whole world might know that they are loved. That is what this is all about. This gift of God's grace is not just meant for us. It's meant for everyone. And we're called to share it. We can't share it unless we know what it is. Unless we know who we are and whose we are. Amen.